Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this fine Friday? It's Twitter Thursday. Let's answer some questions. Let's dig right in. Check out the rest of the Locked On Network. Follow me at Williamson NFL, uh, as well as check out my website, WilliamsonFootball.com. A couple of you asked me, strangely enough, about Sony Michel. What's my thoughts on the guy? His role? Um, you know, so let's just spend a few minutes thinking about what's going on there. First of all, what is he as a player? I like him a lot. I don't want to say he's Alvin Kamara because I'm really high on Kamara, but he's a two-way modern-day running back that may or may not be a workhorse, probably not, but in the end will end up with a lot of touches. You know, has the skill set too, is for sure. Good receiving skills. Um, known as an excellent pass blocker. Really good runner, inside and outside, elusive, has some toughness. Not a massive bruiser, but he's, um, no, he's not there. In, he's, you know, he's not Reggie Bush either. I mean, he's an every down type of back. I like him an awful lot. A fumbler, that's noteworthy. I mean, we know Belichick will not put up with fumblers. But the Patriots used a first round pick on a running back. You know, I mean, that's a pretty bold statement and a pretty immediate path to playing time. And Rex Burkhead's a really good player and an underrated player and a do-it-all player. And for you fantasy folks out there, he was the goal line back last year. He probably will be again. James White is the receiving back. But the, one of the problems with White is he's a bit of a tell, you know, like Theo Riddick. Like if he's on the field... Yeah, he can only really help you in one way. You know, he's not super versatile like a Michelle or a Burkhead. And Michelle's clearly a lot more talented than Burkhead. So I think White's role might diminish. And this is sort of some fantasy talk, but that piece of pie, the, the Patriots running back pie, is a huge one. You know, like when they get a lead, they run the ball. And, you know, the collective running backs in New England put up big numbers. And last year, and part of it was due to some injuries, but Lewis really became a true workhorse and put the team on his back. No, no, I mean, Brady and Gronk, obviously. But, you know, was really instrumental in that team's success in their run to the Super Bowl. And I think they look at Michelle as a younger, similar type of role to Deion Lewis. Like, I think he will lead the team in touches without question. Um but won't be a massive workload player, you know, because they still have Burkhead, they still have Lewis. I know you're probably going, well, what about Gillisley and Hill? I don't even know if those guys make the team. You know, I mean, what's his face? Bolden, the other running back, always makes a team for special teams reasons. Hill and Gillisley, Gillisley was benched a bunch last year and inactive. Hill, I don't, they picked him up, didn't pay him a lot. So I don't know that you'd keep five backs and those two might, even if, if you do, they're fighting for a roster spot. So, I think Michelle is a great addition in New England. I think their offensive line is much improved. I think you can be pretty darn versatile with him in the backfield. And I always think about, you know, if you come out with five linemen, of course, Brady, Gronk, Michelle, and three receivers. I mean, that six blocking, the, the five offensive linemen, and Gronk are is pretty solid blocking against a dime or nickel uh, defense, you know, that you can run the ball out of that for sure. 
or you know split everybody out wide and attack linebackers with Michelle and Gronk and those guys. So you know, I think he's an excellent addition to say the least. Um, Scott Mitchell asks, "Is today Friday?" It is. It is. And then someone else said, "I thought it was Monday." Yeah, you know. Um, Ryan Dean asks, will you be watching any high-profile college football games to scout prospect for the next draft? If so, what game piques your interest? I'll, I'll just be honest. I mean, I don't watch a ton of college football during the season. Monday's the day that, or Saturday's the day that I hang with the family more, go to Target, that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, grocery shop, mow the lawn, you know, whatever. Because Sunday's obviously all-day football, and the rest of the week pretty much is, too. And I will pay attention. If a game's on, I certainly watch it. And I probably know less than you can believe about next year's draft. You know, I, I know the names of the top uh, 50 guys, give or take, or, you know, the most well-known 50 dudes. So if I watch, you know, a, a game and I obviously, and I don't care who wins, then I'm certainly watching that, you know, and just getting an idea of what they are as players. But for the most part, not so much. My man Dale Lawley asked me, what do you and Lawley have planned for Steelers training camp? Oh, all sorts of stuff, Dale. We're going to tear it up. Utter debauchery. My man Charles asked, Doritos or Fritos? Like, that's not even close. Not even close. I mean, original Dorito might be the best chip ever made. And if you... And if it isn't, his new brother, Spicy Nacho, is. I don't. I don't like all the other flavors. I like the the Dorito flavor. And honestly, I know Fritos have been around my whole life, and they're like we were talking about them the other day. Actually, July Fourth, they're like the original scoops because they were strong and thick and built to scoop, but vastly overrated. You know, like I'm not exactly a calorie counter type of guy, but I would never eat Fritos. They're not good enough for me. To eat junk food is, is my point there. Where Doritos absolutely are. All right, all right. Joe Gear asked me, do you see the Jags going after a veteran backup running back given Fournette's ankles? Uh, maybe. I think Yeldon's pretty good, though. You know, that I probably would just live with him, and Grant is a very useful player as well as a change of pace, you know, very different than Fournette type of guy. I guess I'd keep my ears open if a guy gets cut. But I think what's more interesting here is, and quite I know Yeldon's a free agent after the year, and I'm pretty sure Grant is as well. So maybe it will shock people if they use, you know, like a second or third round pick on a running back, even though they have Fournette. Because I could see that being the case. Is because His ankles are certainly an issue for me. I mean, I, I absolutely think so. Um, Niners AO asked me, I think you had the Niners at 20 in the power ranks. Are you not giving them enough credit? Talent is there on defense. Sherman, Foster, Buckner, Tart, Colbert, Witherspoon, Solomon Thomas. A lot of these guys, if healthy, could have big years. And that's just on defense. Yeah, Maybe. The thing is, though, when you do a power ranks, and I remember having them low going, I'm going to catch heat for this. It's just other teams right now always look so good, too. You know, like, I don't know who I had, 19, 18, whoever. But so many teams look really good right now, and you can make pretty strong cases for, I can see these guys being a high-quality team. 
And I'm with you on the defense. Um, I'm not sure that Sherman will be good, bad, ugly. I don't know. I know Foster will be great if he stays on the field. And, and Buckner, to me, is a superstar. I like Tart a lot. Him and Colbert are a great young set of, t- of safeties. Witherspoon's promising. Thomas was my breakout player for the Niners. So, yeah. I also don't think they have an edge pass rusher, and that's a problem in today's NFL without question. Um, I think the offensive line should be pretty good. I think Kittle's a, a dark horse to be a pretty solid contributor this year. I still think they're lacking the number one receiver in a Shanahan offense that they always prefer to have, and that might be next year's number one priority, that an edge pass rusher. And maybe I'm giving the O-line a little too much credit, but I do think it's pretty darn good. Jimmy's great. Um, McKinnon's good. I mean, yeah, I just think that there's a lot of a lot of new parts. Might take a little while to gel. They don't look like a 10-win team to me, but they don't look like a 6-win team to me either. So, you know, in that notion, I'm saying they're kind of middle of the road, you know, 7, 8, 9-win type of team. They probably shouldn't be at 20. And my hunch is there's not much difference between my 20th player team and my 15th team because, you know, I mean, again, all these teams look really good right now. Like, are they better than the Bucks? You know, like, I don't think the Bucks are going to make the playoffs, but Niners have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Bucks. But the Bucks have a lot of talent. You know, I mean, I think the Niners are clearly number two in their division behind the Rams. I think they're, they've surpassed the Seahawks. I think that they're certainly better right now than Arizona. So I don't have bad things to say about them. And you guys know I love Jimmy. So, yeah. Uh, Alex Rollins asked, you, asked me this. Asked you this a few days ago. How do you feel about the new helmet-to-helmet rule? And are you worried about the league in 10 to 20 years? I'm not necessarily worried about the league and slash my job for the next 10, 20 years. It would be bad if football didn't exist and I had to talk about lacrosse or bowling or something that I know nothing about. Um, this helmet-to-helmet rule worries me because I just don't know how much you can enforce it. And I'm not even sure I 100% understand it. But if a running back gets a ball and lowers his head and they throw flags every time that's really going to slow down the game. The way I was told was when they presented this to teams, they went through every play last year and they only came up with like a handful of plays where they would have thrown a flag. Okay, if that's the case and it only changes, you know, every one of our team's favorite teams only see that call once or twice throughout the year or something along those lines, Okay, that's cool. You know, I mean, I'm all for safety. But if you get a couple refs that are throwing flags left and right every time helmets collide, then the game's going to be terrible. Um, All right. Bradley Johnson asks, he has two questions here. Which second-year offensive player sees greater improvement or greater usage? How about John Ross? Well, there's nowhere to go but up. And he also asks, what rookie quarterback sees the field first and who sees it most? That's a good question. I bet Lamar Jackson sees it first, but not as a starter. You know, like I think in week one, he will be active and touch the football. It might not be long until he knocks Joe out, but I think, you know, but I think he will be on the field. Let's talk about these a little bit. Could Sam Darnold be the opening day starter? Sure, but he's got two pretty good dudes to beat out. It's possible. 
I think Mayfield will not. I pretty I feel pretty confident that Tyrod Taylor will at least start the, the thing, and if they end up one and five or so, let me stop this real quick. I, I mean, all these rookie first round quarterbacks are going to see the field quicker than planned, unless their teams all of a sudden are great. And do we think the Browns, the Jets, the Bills, the Cardinals? Are going to be playoff contenders this year? I mean, maybe the Ravens, but Jackson was the last pick in the round, and it's a little bit different situation. I think that answer is no. I mean, I think once it becomes clear that these aren't playoff teams, there's a very good chance that, and the fans will be called for day one, but then it's time to see what the Rook has got. Can Rosen get past Glennon and Bradford? Absolutely. But again, it's kind of like the Jets. So there's at least two dudes in front of you that, have played some pretty good snaps in this league. You know, that if McCown were to... My point with that is if McCown starts week one, he gets hurt or stinks, it's not even a guarantee that Darnold goes in. If Bradford gets falls down the steps walking on the field or whatever and, and Glass Joe gets hurt, I would think you put Glennon in right away. It's funny because I was just asked this on uh, local radio, was can Mason Rudolph pass Landry Jones? I'm like, yeah, he certainly can. But that's not as easy as you think, you know, because if Ben goes down, if Bradford goes down, who do you think gives you the best chance to win? And the Steelers are different because they're more of a contender than those teams. But the answer is Landry Jones. You know, he can orchestrate the offense. So I guess I'm not answering your question all that well. Even, you know, in Buffalo, you're hearing all this good stuff about Peterman and McCarron was brought in to start. I mean, those don't seem like much of obstacles. But can Allen orchestrate the offense? I guess he would be my vote of who has the best chance to see the most snaps this year. I'm going to go with that. Uh, Sir Sir no. Who are you rooting for in the World Cup? I'm not. I'm not. And Phil asks, can Belgium win the World Cup? Or can the Jets win the Super Bowl? Uh, I have no idea about Belgium, and I don't think the Jets can win the Super Bowl. And I ha- always hate that word, can. Can you win the Super Bowl with Alex Smith? Yeah, you can. You know, you know as Chris Rock says, you can drive a car to their feet. It can happen. You know, like, how, the, the way to phrase those is, it, is it probable? Is it a major detriment? You know, like, yeah, it can. Um... My man, go Pats. So, actually, this isn't really a question, but he was talking about Gronk because I sent a I sent a text out today about Gronk or a, a tweet out about Gronk today, and I read this on Evan Silva's series that's on Roto World right now. He puts every he does a team preview every day, give or take. And today was New England. I read it, and this is amazing to me because he doesn't run quite as well as he used to. That's for sure, but Gronk is averaging. Almost, you know, 16.9 yards per reception over the last three years. That's unreal. I mean, that's fast receiver type numbers. You know what I mean? Like, that's unbelievable. 16.9 yards per catch over the last three years for Rob Gronkowski. So not only is he a touchdown beast... But catch and run, getting downfield, plucking the ball over safety's helmets, you know, those type of things down the field. He's a deep threat still. It's crazy. Um, Two more here. 
Redulio Paradora asked me, any chance J-Map becomes Edelman's replacement after the season? I'm not a Matthews fan. I didn't like him coming out of school. I, he's an NFL player, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's nearly quick enough to fit the Welker-Edelman mold. I mean, lateral agility, explode out of your break in a short area, create instant separation. Brady gets it to you now. I think Matthews is a much more methodical mover than the slot guys we've seen in the past. I think he's more in the big slot mold like a Marcus Colston, but not nearly as big or matchup problem as somebody like that. You know, he's kind of a tweener in a bad way between those guys. So I don't see it. I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if while Edelman's suspended, Matthews puts up nice numbers in that offense. It also wouldn't surprise me at all if Brady doesn't like him, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't trust this guy. I'm not going to pepper him with targets. I'm going to Gronk. I'm going to Hogan. Hogan's a really good player too. You know, Sonny Michelle we talked about earlier, White, those guys. So I think it's a very low percent chance. And really the only way I could see the answer to your question working out is if Edelman isn't the same. You know what I mean? Like, if he gets hurt again or just isn't effective when he returns. And he's up in age. He's taking a lot of beating. Uh, my man Niners AO also asked, when are you getting Roflo back on the pod? I definitely should do that. We should probably do a, a an off-season one, talk about his Texans a little bit, how Roflo's doing. Him and I text back and forth, and he's a great dude. But one of my favorite shows I've ever done the Locked On podcast was when I had him on for a Friday Pick'em show. And it was kind of like we never left off, you know, like it's my show, but right away he just grabbed the, the reins and was starting to ask me questions, you know, let's talk Ravens Bengals this, this Sunday. And it was awesome. I mean, that's exactly what I wanted. I didn't tell him to do that at all, but he kept setting me up for the, sh you know, like, like we worked so well together at ESPN. So that was a blast. Um, so I need to get him on for a Friday or two throughout the season. I got to make a point of that. And I do appreciate you guys asking, and I do appreciate that you guys enjoyed our work so much back then. It's awesome. All right, that's a wrap. It's Friday. It's a weekend. Time to uh, get a cold one, chill out a little bit. See you later.